Welcome back, everyone. I am Cass P. Ancy. I'm joined, as usual, by my partner in crime, Mr. Bennett Tomlin. We're both good today. We have already recorded an episode, so we're dumping in. Dumping in? That's probably the wrong way to put it. Getting them out, one after the other. <laughs> Can't even stop it. The episode's just We're just pouring trash right out us. of our mouths. We're vomiting and spewing all over you. Um, hey, it worked okay. for all in. <laughs> Not the way I wanted to start this episode, but there you go. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, we're going to be talking about a subject that I wrote an op-ed about and uh, Bennett wrote uh, a piece about as well. Uh, in the newsletter for Protos, something we both seem to care about that the reaction to was pretty mixed, which is I expected, honestly, I expected more vitriol for my for my statement. But yeah, it was pretty mixed. And some people liked it. Some people hated it. We're both making the argument that while it is pretty funny, in a sense, to see SBF struggling and in pain, I think everybody gets some real value out of that in terms of they're like yes guy who's hurt so many people this is and legitimately right like this guy has damaged thousands of people probably ruined dozens if not hundreds of people's lives for a significant if not forever amount of time um so seeing him in pain people are enjoying a lot but i think that it's a more important point that's being being stated by him and basically he went to court and said that he's not getting his medications on time he's on as far as we know, I don't know how many medications he on, he's on, but we know for sure that he's on NSAM and he's on Adderall. Now, Adderall, I'm sure most people are familiar with, is for treatment of ADHD and some other mental disorders. NSAM is a pretty serious drug, as far as I can tell, in terms of like its effects on you. And it seems like he's taking a lot of it for both of them, for both the... I guess I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't know what a lot is. Basically, he's not getting his drugs. He's not getting the vegan meals he wants. He wants vegan meals and he's not getting those vegan meals because I guess the prison system is basically like, why should he? He's not special. But there, therein lies the problem, which is, don't you think prisoners should be getting the medical treatment they need? And don't you think they should be getting basic food given to them, even if it's something demanded like vegan food or vegetarian food? Yeah, why don't you get us started off on that? No, I, th I think this issue is kind of multifactorial and multifaceted and I understand why a lot of people are having the feelings they're have having and so like first I want to acknowledge that like Sam Bankman Fried's experience with the justice system has been one very much shaped by his privilege right like he okay. was able to find the people to put up his massive bond and even after like repeated bail violations connecting to the VPN doing all these other things he remained free until he started doing what I'm not going to say is legally witness tampering because I'm not a prosecutor, but that feels a lot like witness intimidation. As soon as he started doing that, now he has to go back to prison. And so, yeah, Sam. In case anyone is unfamiliar, let's uh, let me stop you right there. In case anyone's sure. unfamiliar, just just so you're you're you understand, Sam Bangman Fried released Caroline Ellison's personal diaries. Now, Caroline Ellison was the head of trading over at Alameda Research. Uh, at the time of the collapse. And he released these very personal kind of sensational diaries to the New York Times, which is just wild. As you said, like you, he had been reprimanded before for, for his bail violations and kind of told to, he was skating on thin ice already. And I do get why people are like, well, if he didn't want to go back to, to jail and get treated like crap, maybe he should have thought about that. Understood. But anyway, sorry, I just wanted to give yeah, paint, no, paint a little like, color there. Like that's absolutely true. Sam Bankman-Fried was lucky to get the bail conditions he did and should not have been vi violating them. Um, and repeated violation of bail means he should be 
in pretrial detention. And like one of the other things that's come up is Lawrence Tribe, a constitutional lawyer, wrote a motion, wrote a letter to the court describing um, Sam Bankman-Fried's treatment and like insisted that if Sam Bankman-Fried were to be detained where he was talking about being detained, not having access to computer would make preparing his defense much more difficult. And that represented like a potential constitutional issue. And I think there's a bit of merit there. But and this gets into like the bigger problem here, that these problems are so much bigger than Sam Bankman-Fried, right? Like not just Sam Bankman-Fried should be able to get their medications and like a diet in accordance with their moral wishes. Everyone being held in pretrial detention is presumed innocent until proven guilty. These are people who deserve to be like to have reasonable standards while they're being detained, should have access to things that help them prepare their defenses, should be able to receive medications they need. And the United States justice system fails to provide that for such a vast number of inmates, including because he is there right now, Sam Bankman-Fried. Yeah, I mean, I think actually part of this for me calls into attention how serious the issues are in the justice and penal systems of of the United States of America, right? Because here we have possibly one of the most famous white-collar criminals of all time, not just of the past year or two, of all time. He's up there with Elizabeth Holmes and Bernie Madoff. Like, this guy is going to go down in history as one of the biggest financial scammers, and possibly. Allegedly, maybe he'll get off and no crimes were committed uh, in fucking La La Land. But anyway, my point here being that this guy is as big as it gets. And the fact he's still being mistreated in prison or in, sorry, excuse me, in pretrial detention in jail speaks to how broken the system, because imagine how the people with no voice are are Mm -hmm. doing right now. Imagine how the people who don't have money to pay for a bail even so end up in prison for or in jail for in jail for weeks if not months before they go to trial like these are real issues that are happening every day to millions of people not not just sbf and that's the important part of this that's why i'm glad it's being it's being there's some attention being brought to it whether or not people agree with whether sbf should be given these basic human rights i think he should uh, whether other people think so, I guess, is just how angry they are with him. Yeah, I especially understand why, like, other people who have had experiences with the criminal justice system might end up feeling particularly frustrated themselves because they'll be they may see it as I had it even worse than that. And I didn't even steal nine billion dollars from my customers, you know. And so I certainly understand there's lots of reasons for lots of people to be lashing out. But like you said, fundamentally, the thing is people deserve rights. They deserve to have access to these things that help them form their defenses. And they deserve a strenuous defense on their behalf in the justice system. And those things are important. Those things we should strive to provide those to everyone. And a lot of everyone happens to include him. Yes. And a lot of these a lot of these issues are totally fixable as far as I'm concerned, like vegan meals. There's a lot of people pushing back on my statements about that. I was like, oh, give him his vegan meals. Just give it to him. Everyone's like, well, he doesn't necessarily deserve to have. It's not like it's covered by the Constitution. And i.e., there are prisoners who are Jewish or Muslim in prison who are given kosher meals and halal meals. Right. To meet to meet their religious needs. The, The pushback for the veganism that I heard was, well, this isn't a religious thing. I want to push back on that 
and just say one, vegan meals are incredibly easy to cook. We're talking about rice, bread, and vegetables. Like if you're not already, if you don't already have those things available for prisoners, there's a problem. Those, all of those ingredients should be actively there for you to be able to make this thing. I know that they make vegetarian meals for vegetarian because I, probably because there's Hindu prisoners and they need to, uh, some of them need to follow strict vegetarian meals and guidelines, right? But we are equipped to handle this. We have the money, we have the, the, the rules and regulations in place that this should not be an issue. It's crazy to me to push back on the idea that like, well, and this guy can the, eat vegan food in prison. The thing I want to highlight there is there often are legal protections for people with sincerely held religious beliefs to get access to certain things like you're talking about kosher halal and things like that. And often our prison system fails to do what it's legally supposed to in many of mm-hmm. those cases as well. Mm-hmm. And like, again, this is just an example of the pattern in history of human rights abuses across the U.S. penal system. Like, there's a reason international human rights organizations regularly raise alarms about the U.S. prison system. And it's because there are regular and massive human rights abuses in our prison system. Yep. And there's and that's also that brings up another point that I brought up, which is, you know, people, I think, like to assume like, oh. Well, this guy's a big fucking scammer. He deserves to rot in jail and get shivved and get treated like shit. I hope I hope that's what happens. And and I go, okay, just to for some perspective here, five percent of the entire U.S. population is going to spend some time behind bars. So you're gonna if you're not the one who ends up behind j- in jail at some point or in prison at some point, someone you know absolutely will. One one hundred percent sure. sure, right? If you go outside and meet people, someone you know will go to jail or prison. Do you want them to be treated respectfully and with dignity or do you not give a shit? Do you really think like anyone who's in jail, anyone who's who's in prison deserves the worst kind of treatment? It's time to reflect on these things, you know? We live in a society. It's it's true though. Like we shouldn't be, the, the fact these are, it's such punitive measures Right. Instead of worrying about recidivism, instead of worrying about rehabilitation, instead of worrying about making sure that these people don't repeat their fucking problems when they go back into society, we're focused on hurting people as much as possible. And the reality is, if Sam Bankman Freed gets 15 years in prison or something, 10, 15, 20, and is treated like horse shit the entire time, like no human rights, do you think he's going to come out a like capable and reasonable human being? At least if you try to rehabilitate him, he's not necessarily going to be as bad. At least you can say you tried. Like, just damaging someone repeatedly, we know what that does to people. So I just don't understand this at all. And I think people need to reevaluate their... It's Like, vengeance is just so easy. And I think people really need to reevaluate where their morals and ethics lie when it comes to this. I get it. It's easy to hate SBF. He is a total scammer. He lies constantly. The dude cannot open his mouth and speak any honest truth for years on end. He's like, his behavior is disgusting. He's as despicable as it gets without getting into like murder and other horrifying crimes, right? He's disgusting. Fine. He's also a human being. Like, I don't know, man. It just, the, yeah. <laughs> the reaction was just so, it was kind of like, man, I, I don't understand how so many people think this is acceptable, you know? Yeah. And like, that's what you're up with, Ed was about. And there was definitely a lot of people who agree that human beings deserve treatment as human beings, which is good. <laughs> the other thing I want to talk about besides this, um, which is also something we talked about a little bit in our Reggie Fowler episode, if people want to go back and listen to that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's been still 
conspiracy theory, s- theories about Sam Bankman-Fried and his ongoing criminal prosecution, including the fact that as part of our extradition treaty with the Bahamas, we have certain responsibilities about when charges are introduced and when people are extradited, and those were not necessarily followed with Sam Bankman-Fried, which has since required certain charges to be removed from like the current trial date and the allegations either incorporated in to other existing charges or other charges are pending reintrodu- reintroduction for Months a future down the line. trial date. Yes. And so those charges are not really going away. And as we've talked about before in the case of Sam Bankman-Fried, if prosecutors really wanted, they could go through and add one wire fraud charge for like every single person who sent money to Alameda Research under like the false pretenses that it was going to FTX or something, right? And so prosecutors can and potentially will still scale up his prosecution in the future if that's what they think is justified and appropriate. So I've just been a little bit frustrated with some of the conspiracy theories around those dropping of charges. And like the other thing I want to emphasize just to kind of make sure people understand this, just because Sam Bankman-Fried is pleading not guilty right now does not mean he will continue to plead not guilty. Often you are required to plead not guilty initially, even if you think you are guilty, just because like the system's not ready for you to plead guilty yet. And like that's an actual thing that exists. And and I want to be clear here too. If you have a capable legal team behind you, which as far as I know he does, you're generally not going to plead guilty right away. Why? Well, you're not going to get anything in return, right? If they exactly. don't offer you anything and you go, I plead guilty. Well, they're going to accept your guilty plea and they are going to hang you from the gallows. You got to get something in return and to get something in return, you're going to play a little bit of a game. And that unfortunately, whether we like it or not, is a part of the legal system, right? So yes. you have to have something for them for for you to plead guilty, give them something and them to be like, okay, well then we'll cut you a deal. And that's what SBF is hoping will happen. That doesn't mean that's what happens. That doesn't mean he gets only five years or only 10 years or who knows. But that's what SBF wants to happen, and we don't know if it will. Yeah. Sam Bankman-Fried's goal, as far as I can tell right now, is basically to muddy the waters, cast doubt on key witnesses and the evidence they're introducing, try to place the blame like his mens rea, his head state for many of these decisions, say that that state was induced by legal counsel and other things to make it so that prosecutors don't want to add more charges that'll be hard to prove so that, like you're saying, he can eventually come up with some deal where he shares whatever information he does have in exchange for a reduced sentence, yada, yada. Yada, yada. That's the meta probably of what his team is planning to do. The other thing I want to emphasize to people is from where I'm sitting, and again, we're not lawyers, we're definitely not prosecutors, we're not experts, but it seems quite likely to me that Sam Bankman Fried is going to prison for much longer than Sam Bankman Fried would want to go to prison. Anytime is all, more than he wants, for sure. Yeah. But there are already guilty pleas from almost all the rest of, like, the top executives at FTX. They have full cooperation, access to all the communications, like, all the text messages, all the records, all the logs. They have such an overwhelming, what, four million pages or something was the initial, like, discovery they're sending over to him. There are massive quantities of evidence, massive. Powerful cooperating witnesses, like, he's in a really bad place. And that's just for evidence. I want I want people to understand that. This is just, this is, we're just saying like, oh shit, there's a lot of evidence against this guy. So he's in trouble on that front. But I want to point people to a recent guilty white collar criminal, Elizabeth Holmes, okay? She is going to be doing nine years in a federal prison, okay? She just had her second baby. She was pregnant during the trial. 
if that isn't going to win you some, you know, benefit of the doubt and some, oh my gosh, well, at least, you know, she's a, she's a mother now. We got to, we got to make sure that she's able to spend time with her kids and they don't grow up without a mom and blah, blah, blah. She's doing nine years behind bars for her crimes. She didn't hurt nearly as many people as Sam Bankman freed. She only hurt mostly just very wealthy people. So like in terms of that, just reflect on that, right? That's nine years for someone who did essentially a, a smaller fraud that hurt less people and is a more sympathetic character. You think SBF is going to get off? Fucking wake up, dude. There's not a chance in the world. I'll bet anyone. If you think he's not going to, if you think he's genuinely going to do no time, I'll bet anybody. But, I'll bet anyone. But Cass, Cass, he donated to President Biden. Right. And was part of some <laughs> vague conspiracy involving Zelensky. And he Details met up with Gary sparse, Gensler. But I know he was involved. <laughs> right. Whatever. I just don't. It's so, it's so, I'm so past it. And then. So, and for me, the one thing I also want to emphasize here is how obviously failed the cash, cash bail bond mechanism is in general, right? And I think proof of this is SBF. SBF gets $250 million bail bond. Obviously, the, the way it works in case anyone's unfamiliar is you pay roughly 10% of that and you can get out. If you don't have the money to pay for it yourself or the collateral to pay for itself for yourself. You can usually get a bail bondsman to take on that, that collateral obligation for you partially, and then you have to pay back a loan on that obligation. What did this accomplish, right? We have to reflect on this. What did it accomplish? He put up 200, they put up $250 million to get Sam Bankman-Fried out of detention. Then he goes out, he starts spreading rumors, getting in touch with journalists he's not supposed to, breaking all the rules of the bail that he was given with this money and this collateral, and now he's back in detention again. So it accomplished nothing. It allowed him to break some rules and, as you said, muddy the waters and make things more complex and weird. Uh, another individual who just got a, a big, gigantic, I think the largest in history in terms of actually being paid for, uh, Joe Lewis, who is the owner of Tottenham Hotspur and uh, the Albany, which is where SBF was living when he got in trouble. Th this guy just got in trouble, too, for insider trading and fraud. And he put up a $300 million bail with his yacht and private jet. So yeah. what do we think this is going to do? I mean, this guy's a billionaire. He can buy a new jet tomorrow. He can buy a new yacht tomorrow. It doesn't matter. He can go run away if he needs to. Nothing is going to stop him from doing that, right? Unless you put an ankle monitor around him. You ensure that you're tracking him with GPS and satellite tracking, that you ensure that he isn't leaving the country. You take his passport. You, there, there are protocols to ensure it, and none of it has to do with money. We need to get rid of this cash bail bond system, like, immediately. It doesn't make any sense at all. I strongly agree. I think the cash bail bond system is, like, one of the clearest examples in our criminal justice system of how we have codified a certain privilege for the most privileged, right? That once you have money, you can avoid these things that others can't. And as you're saying, the only real differentiator between these cases is whether or not you have money when you're accused of a crime. That shouldn't be the goal of our system. The platonic ideal of our legal system is one that treats like the most downtrodden and the most like wealthy and powerful as okay. equal as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. And like there's limits within reason of how far you can take that perhaps, but like that's the ideal and cash bail bond is just one example of where we don't even try to do that. Yeah, that's right. It, it's just an obvious advantage for rich people and really no advantage for, for anyone who doesn't have the income to to deal with this kind of thing yeah it's just a very gross gross broken 
broken system that needs fixing. Well, and if you listen to like testimony of certain convicts and stuff, like when you are destitute, prosecutors and DAs have been accused of using that as leverage, basically, because they know you're going back into whatever horrible detention facility you're in, they know you're more desperate to strike a deal or to say whatever, to do whatever, because you don't want to go back. Right. And to be clear, like it's one of the founding principles of our country is kind of this innocent until proven guilty, right? That you aren't going to be treated like you are guilty, even if everyone like watched you do the crime. Like until we prove it in a court of law, you are innocent. And so at like reasonable bail without having to pay an arm and a leg just seems like the right thing to do here as a country to follow our guiding principles. I like maybe I'm shouting into the void here, but like this it's just it's just something I think is is necessary for us to talk about and something I really do think can be fixed within our lifetime. Like I don't expect the entire penal system to get overturned. I hate the idea that private prisons do what they do in our country. Exist. I think that yeah, that they exist like that they aren't more heavily regulated. I like th that's why there's so many people in prison in our country. I have no doubt about that. But like if we're not going to change that anytime soon and we're not, then the, the least we can do is ensure that bail bond is working properly, that prisoners are getting their medicine, that prisoners are getting the food that they need, like obviously within reason, right? If somebody says I'm an, on an only Wagyu steak diet or something, I understand being like, go fuck yourself. Who's going to be the first indicted Bitcoiner to argue that they have a moral conviction that requires them to have only red meat? I would think they would already be in there. Right. There's got to be a few dudes who are already in prison trying to argue that already. That I don't fucking buy. There's a limit, limit to how even how far I will go in terms of my sympathy. But yes, I, I do think we need to reform this stuff. SPF is a good jumping off point for that. So we thought it was worth talking about. I understand some people are just going to be like, why does SPF like SPF isn't going to change this? And it's like, but we can make this a, a point of of retention of this information for everyone in crypto to be like, we need to change this. A lot of people do focus on this stuff and they understand the corruptness of it in cryptocurrency and that's good. But a lot of people also don't care about criminal reform and just and the justice system. And uh, I think it's probably time to think about it because some of you are definitely gonna go to prison. Mm -hmm.